60,000 is brought to you in part by RP Funding. RP Funding Inc. is licensed and can offer loans in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia, and is also licensed by the Mississippi Department of Banking and Consumer Finance and by the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Office is located at 500 Wonderly Place, Suite 300, Maitland, Florida, 32751. Telephone 321-397-4420. RP Funding's nationwide mortgage licensing system ID number is 70168, and Robert Palmer's NMLS ID number is 76197. We're saving thousands with Robert Palmer right here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. Robert Palmer's advice, especially this time of year, can save you thousands of dollars. You know, there's just so many things going on in the economy that we were never trained for. And that's what this show is all about. This show is not about the world economy. It's not about Wall Street. It's about you. It's about the consumer who has gone through life learning how to make money but has never really had a discussion even with somebody that can give them advice on the ways that they are going to be ripped off on the various companies that are trying to rip them off and of the goal of many financial institutions to on one hand offer you a service, but on the other hand, try to pick your pocket. It's as simple as that. So Robert Palmer has dedicated this radio network to empowering you from taking you from a financial zombie, so to speak, you know, where you're just kind of bouncing from bill to bill and overdraft to overdraft and wishing you got paid every Wednesday because you don't have enough money to make it to Friday. That's a financial zombie. But then there's the financial ninja, and they're the ones that are in control of their finances. Now, today, we'll talk about marketing and some of the tricks that drive consumers. Buyer beware. We'll ask RP. We do have a, a person that is asking RP. They want to know the advice on co-signing on a loan. Robert feels our listeners need more credit card advice so you can save money. We'll also talk about the huge effects of a mortgage in your financial life. And finally, another Ask RP. This is cool. We have a couple who wants to take a mortgage on one home and a mortgage on the other and combine them into one. So Robert, let's kick it off. Companies are investing millions, unknown to most of us, to motivate us to buy things or to invest and many times these are deceptions. Some simple, but some can be downright costly. Yeah, well, this is such a great example of the tricks, you know. And and we talk about the amount of money that financial services companies use uh, in order to trick us, to fool us. And this is this is a great example of it. Uh, you know, there, there's a story, and I forget. I'm pretty sure it was ketchup, but uh, you know, ketchup was uh, not as highly used as it is today. And then somewhere along the lines, a a real marketing genius figured out. <laughs> That, that if they would put if they would put refrigerate after opening on the I'm pretty sure it's ketchup it's one of the condiments because what they figured out is that we're in the refrigerator ten times as often as we're in the pantry right the refrigerator is the most visited place in the house oh my word and and so by adding refrigerate after opening to products that don't actually have to be refrigerated they would move from the pantry where they're not seen into the refrigerator where they're front and center and there's some crazy statistic about how consumption of the product went through the roof. Well, they're doing the exact same thing with these, these IDs doubling as credit cards. You have to have that ID out and ready and in your hand so many times throughout the day, right? Everywhere you go, you have to have that there. And so what they're doing is you can't, I mean, think about this, you know, a credit card, right? I've told you the, the way I want, if you get in credit card trouble, I want you to freeze them in a block of ice, yeah. right? I want you to lock them up somewhere that you can't get to them. Well, if it's your student ID, that's not an option, right? You can't lock your student ID up or freeze your student ID in a block of ice. And so they're forcing you to keep the card on you at all times, right? Some people may say, hey, I'm going out tonight. I don't want to be tempted to spend on my credit card, so I'm going to leave it at home. They're taking that option away from us. And so, again, this is another example of the tricks of the misdirection of the big financial institutions figuring out how to, in the name of convenience, right? Oh, this is so much more convenient, Rob. I only have to carry one card instead of two. But what they're doing is they are taking away college kids' choices to carry that credit card around with them. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest defenses we have is to physically leave the stupid thing at home. And now you cannot do that. You know, same thing with, with Apple Pay and the new electronic stuff. In the name of convenience, right, we're, we're going to build our, our credit cards right into our cell phones so they'll always be with us. Well, always being with you is not necessarily a good thing, right? That's right. And, and, and this is going to incentivize people. And again, for most people, it's not a problem, right? You carry the card, be responsible. That's, that's what I want you to do, right? I don't want you to fear credit. That's one of our rules. You know, I don't want you to have a debit card. I want you to have a credit card. I don't want you to fear it. And I want you to pay it off every single month. 
But for some people, they do find themselves in a situation where they're in trouble. And I think particularly with the younger generation, right, with younger kids who don't understand the ramifications, having that credit card with them at all times, it is their student ID, and, and, and being able to draft the credit portion so much easier and kind of on demand, I, again, it, it, the goal of this is to increase outstanding balances. The goal of this is for the credit card companies to loan out more money faster so they can make more interest, taking more of our hard-earned money. So again, you can always be responsible and you can always fight back and a financial ninja can always know the tricks and be just fine. And if you sit down with your kid and say, look, I know this stupid ID card doubles as a credit card, you need to be responsible with it. You know, and here's what you need to understand. And you need to not make choices based on that. You don't need to make bad choices because if we are understanding of the tricks, if we're open to the tricks, if we know what they're trying to do, they don't work. That's the rule here. And this is another great example. But for the vast majority of people that don't know this is a trick, and don't realize that they're now being forced to have this credit card with them at all times and to make it the first and most, I mean, think about it. You know, you, you pull your, your ID out for something else. It's already out, right? What are you going to use? You know, it, it's now that much easier to just hand it to the clerk. Mm -hmm. And again, if we pay our bills off in the month like we should, then it's not a problem. But so many people fall into the trap where they're not doing that. And so what happens is they end up spending the money on the card plus all the money in their bank account. And then when the, the bill comes, there's not enough money to pay it off. And now they're going to carry a balance. They're going to owe interest. Uh, and this is the exact cycle that we're trying to break. And the younger, the younger we can teach our kids, the younger we can show our kids some of the hardships and the downsides and the tough life lessons surrounding credit and debt and money, the better off they're going to be. You know, one of the things when I read Caleb's article that kind of caught my mind, you and I come from a generation where you used to watch your mom. I used to watch my dad take a part of his week in our house. It was Sunday afternoon, once a month that he would declare silence and he would sit at the kitchen table and write checks. Well, you, you said at the beginning of the program, we pick up a lot more than our parents think we do off of facial expressions, moods. And I can remember being around my father sometimes when that Sunday was not a pleasant time, but I knew he was writing the bills at least Robert, that opened the door to a conversation. At least I could say to dad, when he came back on the front porch of the lake house, I could say, boy, dad, you really seemed upset in there. At least then he could talk to me about money. But today, all we see our parents do is swipe a card or. Yeah. Well, yeah one, of, one of my favorite, one of my favorite sentences in, in the article that Caleb wrote is, you know, that children never see any real money management. They don't. It's almost, it's almost like set it and forget it in their mind and this is this again this is auto pay this is another one of the great tricks you know one of the, the byproducts of auto pay of auto bill pay is like you said rob we're not we don't see they, it they don't they don't see it it's completely hidden you know it's like it doesn't even exist we you know it, money you know money controls and, and and dictates and and guides so many aspects of our lives but then no one sees it happening it's it's just all happening behind the scenes yeah i mean you, and, you watch your cell phone your cell phone will light up and it's uh, duke energy and it says your power bill is due today press here to pay well your kids didn't see you do that right you know my, my wife and i you know we're down here in the keys and and it, she she still carries a debit card and i again uh, apparently she doesn't listen to me on the radio uh, <laughs> yeah. and mm. and refuses it. but the funny thing is is anytime we travel her debit card always gets fraud blocked uh, when she tries to use it as a check card you know, because again, I think there's been so much debit card fraud that her particular bank has taken this real tough stance. Uh, so when they, you know, when they saw that she used the card in Jacksonville the day before, and she's trying to use it in Marathon the day after, she always gets a fraud block, and and it, it frustrates her. I'm like, well, if you just quit carrying the stupid debit card, uh, you wouldn't have this problem. But again, I get habits are hard to break, and and she is who she is, and and it's her thing. Um, even after where you know her debit card got stolen and they cleaned out her bank account and her rent bounced seven years ago when we first met. Uh, she still carries the debit card. So I, I, I get how hard it is for people to break habits. Um, but yeah, so now now she just gets a text message that says, were you just at Walgreens trying to spend $85 or whatever? And she texts back. A, so it's like, you don't even see these things happening, right? Like back in the day, you would you know maybe hear somebody on the phone talking about it, mm -hmm. you know, or I would hear my mom on the phone making a credit card payment over the phone. Yes, you can draft my checking account $283. You know, now it's all just so, so quiet and hidden and behind the scenes and auto pay and auto debit and so I think if anything, Rob, we're going in the wrong direction. I think our kids are learning less. You know, we, we were in bad shape 10, 20 years ago, and we're going to be in worse shape 10 or 20 years from now uh, because people are talking about it, I think, even less. And that's what we've got to change. That's what I need all of my, you know, half a million, million listeners out there, uh, you know, my financial ninjas to, to realize that the, the fastest way to stop 
financial zombieism is to do it when our kids are young. Right? I mean, think about think about that first language you learn, right? You know, so if I grew up learning English, it's hard for me to learn Spanish. Somebody else grows up learning Spanish, and it's hard for them to learn English. I want the first language our kids learn when it comes to personal finance to be the right one, right? To be one that teaches responsibility and helps them understand credit cards and debit cards and student loans and credit scores and balances to high limits and all these other things. That's the language I want our kids to speak when it comes to money, not this, this you know, thinking that, we can't afford it. It's just an excuse that parents give you when they don't want to give you what you want. Yeah. And for a lot of kids, that's what it becomes because there, there's no explanation. We can't afford it. Not we can't afford it because the AC broke last week or we can't afford it because I just bought you those brand new shoes or we can't afford it because we're going on vacation to the Keys in a couple of weeks. We can't afford it. And, and when the answer is always just we can't afford it, it gets watered down. And, and, and kids think, well, as a kid, we can't afford anything. As a parent, I'll be able to afford everything. And it just even reinforces this idea uh, that when I'm a grown-up, I can spend money however I want uh, because they're not understanding that just like mom and dad are dictating to the kid what they can and can't afford, uh, the bank, you know, the, the bank account, the paycheck is dictating to mom and dad what mom and dad can afford. And, and kids need to understand that, that, that we do have a boss when it comes to money, and that boss is the amount of it we have. And, and there are ways we can change it, and there are ways we can take control of it, but it isn't just out there freely. You know, the, the whole money doesn't grow on trees is, isn't really a great illustration. You know, we, we've got to take that conversation a step further, you know, to explain, well, if money doesn't grow on trees, where does it come from? How do we get it? And how do we spend it? And how do we have to make sacrifices with how we spend it? And how can we spend it more wisely? And there has to be a whole backstory that goes with that. You know, it just, uh, again, our kids are smart. They are so smart. We are so smart when we're young. We're probably smarter when we're young than we are when we're adults. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're wiser when we're adults, but I, I think we're smarter when we're young. You know, our, our minds are open. We're sponges. We soak things up. We want to learn. This is the time to put financial literacy and financial knowledge in your kids' hands, uh, not when it's too late, right? Not when they come home after their first semester of college and they just uh, charged up a $5,000 credit card they can't pay back. That's not the time to have the first conversation with your kid about money. Oh, wow. That's not the, the first time to, to share uh, a story from your childhood where you made a mistake. We've all made them. I mean, I, I, would, I would say that the vast majority of people have made some type of mistake, big mistake when it came to credit. Sure. And we're not sharing those mistakes. You know, we'll tell the kid the biggest mistake we ever made when we trusted somebody we shouldn't have or when we found ourselves in a situation we shouldn't have been in or, you know, we, we did something dumb and this was the repercussion except when it comes to money. And that's, for anybody listening today, that's the one takeaway I want you to, to have from today's show, is dig into your past and find one of those stories, you know, that doesn't reveal the details of your personal finance if you don't want to go that far with your kids. If you think I'm crazy when I'm encouraging you to, to share financial details with your kids, that's fine. But there, there's a story you've got you can share. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're saving thousands with Robert Palmer. Robert Palmer and I in the studio during this holiday season. And Robert, you are not letting any grass grow under your feet, especially right now. What a wonderful growth pattern that's affecting RP funding and the Robert Palmer family of companies. Wow, it's wonderful. Now in its eighth year, the company has become a Southeastern mainstay when it comes to financial services. And soon it will spread across the country, offering great consumer advice but more importantly, great, convenient, transparent consumer services when it comes to finance. Some of the things that are going on right now, folks, and I think Robert's starting to blush, is it was just announced in Jacksonville that in the beautiful suburb of Bay Meadows, that 150 to 175 new employees will be employed by the Robert Palmer family of companies. The Jacksonville office will be involved in servicing processing, underwriting, and in closing loans. This is major, major news. And it follows only a few weeks of the opening and the grand opening festivities held in Lakeland, where they actually closed the downtown streets to welcome RP Funding's Lakeland headquarters. And there's a lot more to come in that market. So pretty soon, don't be surprised if you are driving down the local street or listening to the local radio station right the one that you're on right now and hear that one of the Robert Palmer family of companies is opening right in your backyard. Robert, that is certainly very, very good news. 
Now, Phyllis writes on the Ask RP segment of SavingThousands.com. Phyllis writes, I want to co-sign on a loan, but I'm weary. What will happen if something happens in that loan? Does it affect my credit? Yes, wow. so absolutely it does. So yes, uh, late payments on a co-sign debt hurts you just like you are the primary. And so my recommendation to Phyllis is, Phyllis, you know, you probably have really good credit and your, your child does not have credit yet. So you have a lot to lose. They don't. And so my recommendation would be make the primary mailing address for the payment for the statements to your house. And you may even just want to plan on making those payments every month and then collecting the money from your child. You know, again, this is really, you know, how much of a risk are you willing to take? Uh, they're, they're not necessarily obligated to call you if the payment's late. Uh, they're going to call someone, right? And so who are we going to make? Who are we going to make you know, response? We're going to put your mailing address and your phone number on there, Phyllis. So they call you always, or do we want to try to teach the kids some responsibility and put their address and their phone number on there? I would say for the first card, you know, let's, let's the first loan, let's put it in your name as far as where they're going to mail the statements, who they're going to call and, and have the conversation. You know, you're taking on a big responsibility here. You know, you're going to have to stay in touch with your child. Hey, it's X day of the month. You need to bring me the money so we can send it off to the credit card company. Let's mail it in together every month. You know, let's just not mm -hmm. do auto pay. Right. You set it up on auto pay. He may go out the night before and spend too much money on his girlfriend and the auto pay bounces. And now, now your credit's going to get ruined. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of decisions here. I mean, it's a big responsibility uh, to co-sign on a debt with someone. I think it's I think it's probably the biggest responsibility and the biggest commitment that exists in today's society. Mm -hmm. uh, marriages can you can get a divorce. You can get an annulment on a marriage. Uh, you know, you, there's a if you have a roommate, you can move out. But once you've co-signed with someone until that debt is paid off you're stuck. And if the other person doesn't have the, the credit capacity to refinance it or to borrow it in their own name now, they probably won't in the future either. And we see this so often. People get divorced and the court can dissolve the marriage, but the court cannot dissolve the liability for the debts. You're married to the debt forever. That's it. You know, and so the husband and wife are now tied together forever. So the husband or the wife, one of them's trying to do a loan with us and they're having trouble because they're still listed on a car loan with an ex-spouse who's not making the payments. And, and the courts can't, they cannot break that debt. They, they, they can put in the divorce decree, you're responsible, you're responsible. But if that person doesn't pay, your obligation as a co-borrower still kicks in and it's still going to ruin your credit and they can still sue you. They can still put a judgment on you uh, and then you have to turn around and sue the spouse under the divorce decree, but the divorce decree doesn't give any standing against the creditor. And a lot of people don't understand this. So what I will tell you is uh, that is the biggest commitment you can make to someone is co-signing on a debt with them because now it's not, there is no court of law. There's no one that can break that. The only way to break that is to pay the debt off in full, which takes a lot of money. A lot more financial empowerment coming your way as you listen to Robert Palmer right here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. And don't forget, if you would like more financial empowerment, but you want it on your terms, your time, just go to savingthousands.com savingthousands.com and you can also go to your smartphone all right now download the iheart app Do you have iheart already on your phone well then just simply go up to the search and search out the name robert palmer that's robert palmer and when you click on that you will be getting the robert palmer channel 24 hours a day seven days a week that's a lot of financial empowerment i mean pretty soon you'll be taking over the town but at least we know you'll be in charge of your own finances. There's somewhere else you can go for more empowerment, and that is a new service of the Robert Palmer family of companies. Our researchers teamed together and came up with a website called A State of Eyes. A State of Eyes, revitalizing real estate for the next generation. Because there's an awful lot of younger people that saw their parents, saw their aunts and uncles get a little in trouble or a little bit in a bind when the housing markets crashed in 2008 and they were a little skeptical and it's understandable. But again, over the history of our country, real estate has always shown it will rebound and it does in the long run end up in making you money, creating equity, creating financial wealth, as well as giving you a place to live. So a state of eyes, that's E S T A T I V I Z E. A State of Eyes is chock full of great information for you, easy to understand articles, and some very, very good hints on various places you might be thinking of moving. Maybe you're thinking of going to Washington, D.C. Well, I tell you what, there's an awful lot of information on the article called Enjoy Washington, D.C. Or A State of Eyes finds the best neighborhoods in Boston. 
and it goes on and on and on to favorite cities near you. But right now, I've got to ask Robert a question. You know, Robert, we talk an awful lot, just an awful lot, to a lot of people each and every day about buying homes, selling homes, and of course, refinance. But you also have so many important lessons for everybody else who may just be experiencing day-to-day finance. Because that's something that applies to everyone, right? So, you know, a lot of my listeners may still be renters and, and they may buy a home at some point. And a lot of my listeners may have a great home loan that has a low rate. And so they don't need to mess with that. That's good. Uh, but everybody, every financial ninja should be carrying around a couple of credit cards, you know. Go. And I've talked a lot about the the pitfalls of the debit card. And we can get into that, Rob, uh, you know, why I think you should carry uh, credit cards and not debit cards. And again, when I say have credit cards, see, when most people here have credit cards, they're thinking have credit card debt, right? And that is not what I'm talking about. I I want you to be, I want you to be credit card debt free, but I want you to have access to credit cards. Uh, You know, when I first started RP funding, I lived on my credit cards. Uh, I had Mm -hmm. five or six cards, uh, almost $100,000 in available balance. And I lived on those, you know, Jill and I lived on those in the early days. I'll never forget this, Rob. I talked about this in one of my marketing seminars. I, uh, we, we just started dating and the, the company I went to work for. So the company I was working for failed. Uh, another company was going to hire me. They failed. And that's when I decided I was going to open RP funding and, and be different and set the world on fire and, and everything I did. But we just started dating uh, and we're now we're married and she stuck around. But, uh, you know, I, I remember I remember we were in my house and I got the call that the company that I was going to go work for had just gone under as well. Oh. And actually, I lost a bunch of money on that deal. Um, I had I had fronted some expenses. Right. So when they hired me to open an office for them. And so I went ahead and signed some leases and bought some equipment and did some things. And I never got any of that money back. So this was oh. this was kind of tough. And, uh, and so in order to start RP funding, I had to liquidate all of my personal assets and put them in the company. And then I could not touch them anymore. And so I, I had a little safe in my closet and I went and opened it up and that's where my credit cards were. I kept them in my safe. Um, I carried, I carried my American express, but the ones that I could actually leave a balance on, I kept locked up in the safe. They were pretty much there for emergencies and to keep my credit score high, mm-hmm. you know, having five or six cards with a hundred thousand dollar available limit and zero balances, uh, looked great on my credit report. And then I would pull them out every couple months and use them for gas or something and then pay them off immediately so they, would keep, they wouldn't close me down. But I kept them in, in my safe. And so I went and got them out of the safe, and I remember I sat them down and I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to take this leap. I'm going to open this business. I'm not going to have any money. You know, up until that point, I've been doing pretty good, right? Yeah. You know, and, and so I said, I, you know, I have, I'm going to have to live on these credit cards for probably the next 12 months, 18 months. Uh, I said, you should probably get out now. You should probably leave me now. <laughs> and uh, luckily she stuck around and, and now we're married. Uh, but I remember that, that that was kind of a defining moment. And what I will tell you is if I had not had those credit cards, uh, RP funding would not be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, being able to use some of those credit cards to buy advertising and, and buy equipment and things in the early days, uh, living on those credit cards. So my, all my food, all my gas, because when... When you have a startup company, you don't get a paycheck, right? I didn't get a paycheck every month. I didn't get a paycheck for probably two and a half years. And so I lived on these credit cards and uh, it was scary. And my credit score tanked. I mean, by the time I, by the time I had the cards maxed out and, and the business started to finally take off, uh, my credit score was probably like a 640 or 650. I mean, Mm. it was uh, because again, I had, I mean, I was maxed out, you know, when you have a hundred thousand dollars limits and you have a hundred thousand dollars balance and I was paying probably... I was probably paying at that point fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred a month in interest, you know. Wow. And uh, it was, you know, it was scary. Mm-hmm. And and so what? I, what I will tell you is, I I want you to be debt free. I want you to be credit card debt free, right? I'm not I'm not one of these guys that thinks debt free is 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 a great thing because if you can have a a car loan at zero percent interest, you should have that debt. Sure. If you can get a home loan at uh, a two and a half, three percent interest, you know, on a ten year fixed. Or an R, you should keep that debt. That's so cheap. There's better ways to do your money. But when we're talking about credit cards, I would definitely, absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I want you to be credit card debt free. But I want you to have access to credit cards. Mm-hmm. I want my financial ninjas to have four or five credit cards. And what I will tell you is the best time to apply for a credit card is when you don't need it, right, Rob? Because once you need it, it's too late. So, so picture that. So once my, once my $100,000 worth of cards were maxed out, my credit score was tanked. If I needed an additional card, I, I was, it was not going to happen. It was going to cost right? you. If you get laid off from your job and now you need a credit card to get you through the tough times, it, it's too late. You know, you've, you've already lost your job. You're probably not going to be able to get the card. So what I will tell you is you need to have – the best time to get credit is when you don't need it. 
And, and so if you're sitting around out there, and two, if you kind of pack it all in at once, it's like ripping a Band-Aid off, right? Because when you first get a new account or when you first get an inquiry, uh, your credit score is going to drop for six months, right. right? The inquiry's a little bit. The new account is what really makes it drop. Well, if you apply for five or six credit cards at the same time, uh, oh. you know, then then you're going to get them all before the score has a chance to drop because nothing new is reporting. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have six months of pain. But when you come out the other side, your credit score will rebound completely, and now you have access to more cards. Uh, and so uh, this is something I think people should do. Uh, you know, I if I, if you hit a chance in life where you need that, and again, I, I see credit cards as as a version of an emergency fund, you know, beyond, mm-hmm. you know, obviously yeah, we, we want to live on our savings. I don't really want to encourage anybody to rack up credit card debt, but there may be a situation in your life where you have no choice. But again, you have to be responsible. You can't feel like, oh, I just got all this credit card availability. Now I'm going to go out and refurnish my house and, and eat dinner out every night and, you know, whatever. I'm going to go set up at the Four Seasons for, for two weeks and, and live in a suite because I got all this credit card availability. You know, that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, but but there are opportunities in life where having credit is very important. The other big thing is, and the reason I recommend multiple cards, uh, is I am, I'm really big on using cards for the best possible uh, bang for the buck, right? So, like, for example, we do a lot of direct mail, right? Mm-hmm. And so I have a, a Chase Inc. card that gives bonus points uh, whenever I buy office supplies. Well, paper counts as an office supply. Even though I'm oh. running it through printing presses for large-scale direct mail campaigns, I get, like, triple points from them. It's the only thing we put on that card. <laughs> I have that card. That card is used for one thing, paper and supplies, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, American Express has a, a deal with their ex- – I've got a, a Chase card that's got a deal with Ritz-Carlton, uh, you know, and Ritz also owns uh, Hyatt. And so when I stay there and I put on that card, I get, like, quadruple points. Yeah, so, so you can look at your lifestyle and say, all right, what are the best cards for me? And this is where a big part of this research project we're doing at Saving Thousands to put on the website is to help people discover all of these cards. And so what I, what I envision, Rob, is we build an engine where people tell us, you know, in the first iteration, we're just going to publish the cards. Sure. But my long-term goal is, like, you tell us your preferences. Like, I like to stay at, uh, you know, I like to stay at Sheraton's mm-hmm. or I like to stay at Hyatt's or I like to stay at Marriott's. Or I like to stay at Ritz Carlton's, right? And I travel a lot. I don't travel a lot. I, I travel a ton, right? And you, so you give us this, and then we're going to tell you back. Well, here's the four or five credit cards we think you should carry, and not, not not the four or five credit cards that pay me, the four or five credit cards that I think you uh-huh. should carry, right? And because again, you as a financial ninja, we can use this to our advantage. Because I I've, I went to I took Jill to Rome on on credit card points. You know, we we flew first class. To uh to Italy mm-hmm. and had a wonderful vacation and I pay, I paid for the whole thing with like two years worth of American Express points <laughs> two and a half years worth of American Express points so you know again if and if I if I was against using credit cards we wouldn't have had that trip or I would have had to write mm-hmm. a check for that trip and it would have been expensive so there are there is nothing wrong and in fact I will encourage and I want to teach you all how to take advantage of these offers how to take advantage of the points. Uh, but uh, but do it in a way that, that's really all about you and and not, uh, again, to really understand the the overall financial picture. Like, you can get so caught up in the points and stuff. And, and while that's a nice perk, that's not what life's all about, right? You know, you, you need a card that has a low APR in case you do hit uh, something where life happens, right? right? You know, you're, you're driving down the road and all of a sudden the radiator explodes in your car. Uh, maybe you have to put that on a credit card and maybe it takes you a few months to pay that back off. Mm-hmm. So we want to have a, a couple credit cards with a very low APR in the event that we have to tap into that uh, and use it. You know, or let's say at the same, you know, you're on your way to get your kid braces, which you weren't expecting, and that's a nice little hefty hit, right? And then your radiator explodes, and, and then your wife calls you and tells you she just got laid off from her job. Uh, you know, you, and if you don't have your full emergency fund of, you know, that we talk about saved mm-hmm. up, uh, you're probably going to have to put some of that on a credit card. Uh, and again, having that good credit card gives you some options too. You know, if, if you've got a credit card with a, a 9% fixed rate and you go to get braces and, and the financing at the dentist is 20% interest, then I will tell you, you are better off to use your credit card with the 9% interest, obviously. Right. Uh, so these are the kind of decisions that we have to make as financial ninjas, but we have to have the, the tools. And so in your toolbox, you need a couple credit cards that have the very low APR, just in case you do have to carry a balance. You need to have the credit cards in your toolbox that give you the perks or rebates based on your lifestyle and spending habits, you know, and 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 then you're uh, you're good, right? And, and you got to know how to use these, and and you need to have your cards spread out. See, I'm big 
And and one of the articles I'm going to put up once we have this uh, is all about how to set your how to set your statement dates, right? And so I, I actually do. I actually use different cards based on the time of month, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm big on I'm big on squeezing every nickel I can uh, out of the the credit card companies, right? And and so what I will do uh, is I've got cards I use the first week of the month because the statement closes uh, right before that, and so basically I only want to use a card for the first maybe six or seven days of of a statement, and then I switch to a new card. So I always am getting you know most of my cards have right at a sixty day uh, from from statement opening date to statement closing date is 30 uh-huh. days, and then there's a 30-day grace period. So I've got a full 60 days. So if I only use that card for the first seven days of the window, then I've got between 53 and 60 days of interest-free money nice. on every transaction I run. And so by having four cards that have different closing dates, right? So one closes on the 1st, one closes on the 7th, one closes on the 14th, the 21st. Uh, and so I, I kind of, this is my routine. And I will actually like take them out of my wallet, and so I, I carry the card that is that is for that week of the month, and, and this allows me to maximize the float, right? So that I can maximize use of my money without having to pay any interest. Uh, and so as we build out this list of cards, uh, and one of the articles I'm going to put on saving thousands will be the cards with the longest grace periods, and and the cards that will let you set your billing dates, right? Because not all cards will do that. Some right. it's, yeah. some cards say, oh, we only, all of our bills run the 1st or the 30th, right? Or it's it's just the, the random day you apply for it, and that's harder to time. Mm-hmm. But then some cards will let you change it. And so we're going to, in our research, we're determining that, uh, how often you can change the billing cycle, what you can do there. Um, because tool. It, because tool, there's, there's a time when if you're about to apply for a new credit, you may want to pull your billing cycles up so you can pay them all off, you know, and, and, and get them Get them to show on your credit, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing that you can do uh, with this is if you've got these four cards that, that have different closing dates, and again, I'll put this on the website once we get the report done, uh, if you do end up having to carry a balance, you can transfer that balance from card to card to card the day before the closing date, and it will never show up on your credit, right? So if I have to carry a small two or $3,000 balance because something does happen, but I want to keep my credit great, right? So that card where the statement closes on the 1st, well, on the 30th, I'll transfer its balance to the card that closes on the 7th. And then on the 6th, I'll transfer the balance to the card that closes on the 14th. Mm-hmm. And on the 13th, I'll transfer the balance to the card that closes on the 21st. And then on the, tw- on the 20th, I'll transfer the balance to the card that closes on the 1st. And, and you can just play ring around the credit card with your little bit of debt. And, and remember, credit cards only report your balance one day a month. That's right. Statement date. So if you get the money off of your credit card the day before the statement date, even if you're putting it on another credit card, Mm-hmm. It's not going to show up on your credit, and, and so you can you can play this ring around the credit card game, and you can hide the fact from the credit bureaus that you're carrying a small balance or a large balance, depending. You know, if if you have even if you had ten thousand dollars, as long as each card can carry ten thousand dollars, you can move it around. Now you got to watch out for balance transfer fees, which there are cards out there that don't carry the ridiculous balance transfer fees. Uh, but this this is a strategy you can use to keep your credit score high in this in the in case that you do have to carry a small balance. Mm-hmm. Okay, remember rule number four in Robert's Rules. Rule number four, don't abuse credit, but don't fear it either. And when you were talking about the credit card, credit card thing, one of the largest developers in Central Florida, I was over at his house, he's got a beautiful patio set around his pool, and the cushions on the patio set, they they say, can I pay my visa with my MasterCard? The other one says, can I pay my American Express with my visa? (laughs) (laughs) So it's exactly what you were saying. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, and again, this is this is how this is how we can beat the system. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know now I'll tell you most most cards are wise to the fact that on a balance transfer you don't get a grace period. Right. Now I am looking for a card that will allow that. We'll find. You it. know, because if we can if we can find a card that allows the grace period on a balance transfer, you can use that strategy to not pay any interest at all, right? Because you can mm-hmm. just bounce mm-hmm. it from card even if you're carrying a balance. So again, we're we're gonna we're gonna show you some very high level. Uh, financial ninja techniques to minimize the amount of interest that you pay. But uh, I've got to have the research done first, right? Because the thing is, I don't want to just get in here and talk about theory. I want to be able to show you the cards. I want to say, hey, here's the four cards that have the right grace period for this technique. Here's the four cards that have the right grace period uh, that don't have, uh, that do have a grace period on, on balance transfers. Here's the cards with the low APRs. Here's the cards with the best benefits. You know, I really want to, I want to lay it out for everybody. And so I, my staff is diligently doing the research and I, I hope to have this out 
soon. So that's something exciting we're working on. And if you're looking for more information on credit cards and especially one of the great strategies you can use when paying off your credit cards or making that monthly installment, the day that you make that installment can mean a lot when it comes to your credit score. So there's a program on that. You'll find it at savingthousands.com. Click on radio programs and just go right on down to where you see one of our shows, Improving Your Credit Score. You'll find it's very important that you know your statement date and you plan accordingly. Very, very important. One of the things that Robert talks about a lot on the program is refis, and uh, arguably so because right now his company, RP Funding, is offering a zero closing cost for you through the end of the year. It's very important that you move before the interest rates move. So right now, if you applied for a refinance on your mortgage, wow, you would be saving a lot of money because there's no lender fees and there are no closing costs for a limited time. Robert Palmer has already paid out $4.7 million plus of paying the closing costs. Those are the actual cost, doc stamps, et cetera, that have to be paid by somebody. Well, he's paying those on your behalf, but you got to act quick. 855-773-8634, 855-773-8634. When we come into our next break, I'll tell you some of the things you could do with a refinance. But right now, Robert, I want to talk just a little bit about you just finished telling us about credit cards and being in control. But I guess when we go get a mortgage, we better really be in control. Uh, you know, look at look at mortgages. You know, let's take a mortgage, for example. You know, when someone goes to buy a home, uh, so many times they just they let their real estate agent pick mm-hmm. their mortgage company for them. They don't shop around. Maybe they just go to their, you know, if they're refinancing, maybe they just go to their existing lender. You know, that they don't. Because, <laughs> again, we're, we're, we've been just kind of trained to not want to make decisions when it comes to this stuff. And they just meander along and let people push us in that direction. And it's the biggest mistake you can make. Not shopping around for a mortgage, not shopping around for any of these financial services is, is huge. So like right now, Rob, let's take a refinance, for example. All right. All right. Somebody calls, they, their current loan is with Big Bank, Big Bank in America, right? And uh, there was some Big Bank in America here. I knew that bank. Yeah, Big Bank in America. And uh, so they call Big Bank in America and, uh, and they're like, hey, you know, we want to refinance our mortgage. And they're like, great, okay. And they send them an estimate. There's all these closing costs and rates and there's probably some lender fees. And they're just like, okay. And, and then they, they just, like a zombie, just go on through and sign the paperwork and never really ask any questions and never shop around. Right. Had they tuned into this show and picked up the phone and called us at RP Funding at 855-773-8634, they would have been told there are no closing costs because I'm paying them all out of my $2.5 million I took out of my marketing budget and probably a better interest rate at the same time. And if you look at it, that's thousands and thousands of dollars in savings Based on one simple phone call, there's nothing easier than picking up the phone and getting a second opinion, right? Than picking up the phone and, and shopping around and having another company tell you what they can do. But what they're counting on, right, the reason they don't waive their fees, the reason they're not paying all the closing costs is because they're counting on having enough people who just go with the flow and call them and never shop around and don't do any research and don't do their homework and don't call mm-hmm. me here at RP Funding and don't find out they can save thousands of dollars by getting a no closing cost refi and no and, lender and, fees. and don't find out there's never any lender fees and don't find out that we have great low rates. They don't find any of this out. And so they just pull the trigger and they go through life and they get their mortgage from the other guy and their current big bank here in America gets rich and, and they lose money and they don't know any better. And that is the definition of being a financial zombie. And so I want you to fix that. And so if you're thinking about refinancing, I'd love for you to call us. But if you don't call somebody else, right, call around, get some second opinions. If you call us right now, I'm going to pay all the closing costs, right? I took $2.5 million out of my marketing budget. I stuck it in this fund, and I'm using it to give away closing costs. I'm giving away $2.5 million of the closing costs to every single person that calls RP Funding right now to refinance their home loan. And all you have to do to stop being a financial zombie and take your first step to being a financial ninja and getting a good deal on your mortgage and not getting taken advantage of and not paying closing costs when you don't have to is pick up the phone and call us right now at 855-773-8634. That's 855-RP-FUNDING. 855-773-8634, or you can go to rpfunding.com. We could not make it any easier for you 
to get that second opinion, to find out what a mortgage looks like with no closing cost period. We pay the title charges. We pay the appraisal. We pay the government charges. We pay the doc stamps. We pay the intangible tax. We pay the recording fees. We pay everything that the other guy is charging you. And on top of that, we don't ever have lender fees, and they do. And so you're talking about saving three, four, five, six thousand $6,000, depending hmm. on your loan amount. And all it takes is one phone call. But do you know how many people won't do it, Rob? Oh, it's, it's staggering because- Nine out of 10 won't do yeah, it. They don't make the effort. You know See, what? We, we have about a 10% market share, which means nine out of 10 people don't do it. Yeah. They don't call us. They don't check with us. They don't look at getting a better deal. They don't look at saving thousands and thousands of dollars because I'm paying all the closing costs, right? Now, why do uh -huh. I do this? Well, I'm the new kid on the block, right? I'm the renegade. I'm the rebel out here. I'm the one trying to get people to change their behavior. Everybody else is trying to cash in on the same old behavior that we've all had for the last however many years. The rest of the industry is trying to cash in on the fact that you're acting like a zombie, where I'm trying to wake you up and turn you into something much different. And that is the inherent difference between the way I run my company and the way they run their companies and why my customers save thousands of dollars while their customers waste thousands of dollars. And again, all you have to do is pick the phone up and call us at 855-773-8634. That's 855-RP-Funding, 855-773-8634. There's no obligation. There's no pressure. There's no, there's no salesy tactics. There's no games. Just call us and let me show you in black and white on paper how much money I can save you. If I'm not saving you enough, great. Go back to the big bank and, and pay more. If you found a better deal somewhere else, whatever, but you owe it to yourself to find out, to know, because let me tell you, we win. We almost always win yeah. because we don't charge closing costs, especially right now. You know, when, when I'm not paying all the closing costs, we win a lot. With me paying all the closing costs, we are decimating the competition. You bet. And again, I've only got two and a half million dollars I've earmarked to put into paying everyone's closing costs into the closing cost giveaway. So call today, get your piece of it. Don't miss out on this opportunity. 855-773-8634. Take back control of your financial stability. 855-773-8634. That's 855-RP-Funding. NMLS number 70168. That's our National Mortgage Licensing System ID, 70168. We are a licensed uh, Florida mortgage lender here at RP Funding. 855-773-8634. Thank you, Robert. And again, I want to remind people, if they're joining us late, that this show is all about empowering you. At no time during our portion of this program will you be asked to buy any tape series or get a ticket to one of Robert's upcoming seminars, you know, coming to a restaurant near you. There's none of that at Saving Thousands. We simply come to the airwaves each and every day and on iHeart, 24 7 365 to give you the power over your money and robert is paying it forward robert has done very very well in the financial industries and he has found that the more people know the more they're going to be in charge of their money and if they're in charge of their money they will be able to do more things in their life not only the car they want not only the education they want for their children but to actually get that home that legacy that place where they're no longer paying a landlord, they are their own landlord. So the money that's being spent is being spent toward building equity in something that is absolutely yours. Well, I told you before, we talked about what you could do with refis. One is the housing market is recovered. You probably have equity and don't know it. You could actually lower your mortgage interest rate and your monthly payments with a refi. You could eliminate costly mortgage insurance. You could shorten the term of your mortgage and save thousands. With the interest rates where they are now, chances are, and real good chances are, that you could take a 30-year fixed mortgage, reduce it to 15-year fixed, and the payments will remain just about the same, but you will have less years to pay off your house, and therefore you're going to go into retirement paid in full. How would that be to have a mortgage-burning party? You could take out cash, from a refi and you could actually pay off those 28 29% credit cards all right be disciplined and then use the money you were spending on interest on the cards to further pay down your mortgage on your house it's very easy and we can give you all the advice you need at 855-773-8634 855-773-8634 no obligation conversation talk about a refi well, right now 
We have an Ask RP. They went to savingthousands.com, and Donna and Joe have two homes. They would like to refi and combine the mortgages. Can they do that? Absolutely. We do this all the time. Mm -hmm. And this is actually my preference. So the alternative would be we would just refinance the first, and then we do what's called resubordinate the second. All right. So here, here's how I'll give you all a little quick lesson on lien theory here in the state of Florida. <laughs> so uh, basically what happens is when, when a mortgage gets recorded, the date, the recording date of that mortgage or that lien dictates the lien priority. All right. So let's say you have a house and that house is worth $100,000. Okay. When that house is sold, all of the liens against it, all of the liens filed in public records have to be satisfied right. in order to give clear title. So the question is, in what order do you pay the liens, right? So if somebody has $120,000 worth of liens against a $100,000 house and the liens are from six different companies, who gets the money, right? There'd just be this big fight. Everybody wants the money. Mm -hmm. And so would you say, well, there's 100000 and they owe 120, so let's divide 100 by 120 and figure out the equal pro rata percentage that each of the six people should get, and each person gets their equal share of the 100000 No. It is based on the recording date of the lien in the public records of the county where the house is located. Mm -hmm. So if my lien is filed first for $100,000 and the other five people's liens are $4,000 each, I get all the money, they get none. So when a house is sold, the proceeds go to pay off the liens in the order in which they were recorded. So... If you have a first mortgage that you got in 2010 and you have a home equity line of credit that you got in 2011. Right. And now you come to me here at RP Funding and I'm going to give you a new mortgage in 2015 to pay off the first mortgage. But you say, Robert, I really want to keep my home equity line of credit open with my bank. The problem is hmm. their recording date is now four years before my recording date. So in the event of a foreclosure, they would get paid first. We can't allow that. We are a first mortgage lender. We have to be in first lien priority. We have to be the number one mortgage. We have to get the first dollar if anything goes wrong. So what happens is your bank has to file and sign a document that gets recorded in public records after our mortgage that says they are resubordinating their lien position mm. to our lien position. So basically right. it says... To all those whom it may concern, to all men known by these, we, First Bank of whatever, hereby agree that we will give up our lien priority and resubordinate our position to be paid after RP funding in the event of any type of default. And this is called a resubordination agreement. Mm -hmm. And usually they charge a couple hundred bucks to do this. And it takes them forever. It takes them forever, Rob. So we try to close our refis in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. You know, we like to get things in and out of here. I'm a... I'm an efficiency guy, and the, the the fastest and best way to do business is to get your loan in and get your loan closed and finished so you don't sit around and bog up my system. But when it takes your bank two, three, four months to file the resubordination, because oh. we can't do anything until we have that resubordination agreement from your bank. Because if they are unwilling to go back into second lien position, then, uh, then you can't do your mortgage with us. I see. And so what they're looking at is they're saying, well, are you worsening our position, right? So if let's say you had a $100,000 mortgage and a $50,000 home equity line of credit, and now you want a $200,000 mortgage from us and you want to keep your $50,000 line of credit. Well, they may say, no way, no way. Right now we get dollars a $100,001 to $100,050. But if you borrow another $200,000 from RP funding, now we don't get money until dollars $200,001, right? So the <laughs> right. bank is worsening their position considerably. So usually what we find is if you keep the balance the same, which is easy to do since we don't charge any closing costs, the bank is pretty willing to resubordinate. If you are trying to increase the amount of the first mortgage and worsen the bank's position, they're less likely to resubordinate. So back to the original question, uh, we would much prefer just to pay them all off and right. give you one new mortgage from us because then we don't have to mess with the resubordination process. We don't have to mess with your bank. We get to make you a bigger mortgage, which means I get to make more money servicing your loan. <laughs> Everybody wins, right? But if, you, but if you insist on keeping your second mortgage, we're happy to work with you as well. So I think it is a great time. And here's what I will tell you, Rob. There is a statistic, I, I forget, I, I read you this statistic the other day about mm -hmm. how many millions of home equity lines are going to reset over the next 24 months. That's scary. I mean, I, I, it was an astronomical, it, it was like a billions or trillions, it was insane. And so what that means, folks, is when you get a home equity line of credit, for the first 10 years, it's like a credit card. You pay interest only, and you can draw some money off of it, and you can pay the money back and draw the money and pay the money. And, and on a $100,000 home equity line, the monthly payment is like 300 bucks a month. 
because all you're paying is the interest, and the interest is low. It's much, much lower than a credit card. Two things are happening. After 10 years, they decide it's time for you to start paying them back. So now you can't just pay the $300 in interest. You got to pay that plus principal, and you have to pay the principal on a 20-year amortization because you already burned through the first 10 years, so they want to get their money back over the next 20. So on average, the payment will triple. So that home equity line you've been paying 300 bucks a month on for the last 10 years, at the 121st month, the payment will go to $900, and people are going to freak out. And so now is the time to go ahead and wrap those two loans together with a nice fixed-rate 30-year mortgage from RP Funding. All right, the other thing I will tell you is Janet Yellen has got her finger on the button. She does. She's ready to go thermonuclear and take interest rates up and up and up. I mean, she she's like sitting there with her hand quivering, ready to smash the big red button that says raise interest rates. And all she's waiting for is one good jobs report, and she is going to go thermonuclear and raise interest rates. And when she does that, all of you listening with home equity line of credits mm-hmm. will start to watch those interest rates go up very, 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 very quickly. And if you get caught in the cross-section where rapidly rising prime rate intersects with 10-year reset of payment tripling, your payment could actually quadruple. How many people can afford for their home equity line payment to go from $300 to $1,200 overnight? Not very many. Let's be proactive. Let's take care of it right now by refinancing it all into a fixed-rate mortgage where I pay all the closing costs. How do they do it, Rob? Well, Robert, it's very, very easy. All they have to do is call the RP Funding Office again just to have the conversation. They're going to be blown away by the customer service, by the friendliness, and by the lack of pressure. There's no pressure when you call RP Funding. Robert Palmer stands behind that. Nobody's going to bother you and keep calling you. Nobody's going to try to trick you into saying yes in the first conversation. Simply call talk about your situation totally confidentially to people who do hundreds of mortgages and refis a year. These people know where it's at. They know how to get it done. And most importantly, with these new trade regulations, they know how to get it done on time. And Robert Palmer's companies were one of the first in the state of Florida to close a trade loan. And they did it in just 10 days, not the 60 to 70 days that we keep hearing about from the giant, giant mortgage companies. No way. No way, no way. 10 days. Now, yours may take a few days longer, but again, we're not talking about 60 to 70 days. Trying to close in less than 30, that's every day around here. And if your loan gets into trouble with your current mortgage company, RP Funding is known throughout the real estate industry for saving those loans and getting you closed on time. 855-773-8634. 855-773-8634. That is the office number, 855-773-8634. If you want to know if you have equity in your house, call the Home Value Hotline. Precise values given to you, and then your name will not end up on a mailing list. It will not end up being sold to some.com. The Home Value Hotline is 866-222-8231, 866-222-8231. We're glad you're becoming empowered. We're glad you're taking over, and we're glad that you're saving thousands with Robert Palmer. 